This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hany Balkis, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday. <laughs> I'm very excited. It's been a very long week. For this, for some reason, This week was a very long week. It definitely was a very long week. And we're always excited to celebrate Thursday right here on Future Talk. So I hope you're all excited for a very relaxing weekend coming up. But to keep you entertained for this hour, we have lots of tech news to share with you all. Starting with the UAE because news have it that researchers are currently developing a new insulin treatment for diabetes patients. And speculations are this treatment will not include any more insulin shots. Ooh, that's a very interesting one. And we're also not done talking about the UAE just yet because the UAE government is going to employ biometric face recognition. What is that all about? <laughs> well, we're going to give you all the details in a bit. And ladies and gentlemen, it's very sunny right here in Sharjah. <laughs> the Sharjah skies are clear. And it's at a little bit of 29 degrees, 30 degrees. <laughs> I mean, I'm loving the weather yeah, today. Yeah, the weather forecast. Be- of course. I mean, the weather is very important. But you know what else is important, Omnia? People of determination. Because coming from the right from the heart of Sharjah, we have with us today two American University of Sharjah students that have actually created an invention that will help people of determination, yes. more specifically those who have visual disabilities, lead a much easier life because we tend to take our eyesight for granted but those who struggle with visual impairments definitely don't so we're going to be speaking to Maryam Arshi and Dream Abdullah Al-Amri all about their very smart cane it is IoT based and it also comes with an application that will help notify all those uh, parents and guardians whose kids who struggle with visual impairments if they have ever fallen. Yes, AUS students are doing a lot when it does come to the tech world. I mean, I feel like every couple of months we get AUS students, I'm getting kind (laughs) of jealous because when I was in uh, university, I wasn't that smart. (laughs) But ladies and gentlemen, didn't I tell you Mm. that today is going to be a very (laughs) sunny day? Pulse 95 Daily Digital News Bits and bytes connect our world. Back in the day, getting a diagnosis of diabetes used to basically feel like more or less of a death sentence. It was a Mm. chronic disease that you had to live with for the rest of your life. And that also applies to the day and age that we're currently living in. The only difference is that innovation is actually helping those struggling with diabetes lead a much better lifestyle. And I wanted to ask you, honey, are you are you fine with shots? (laughs) I love injections. Oh my god! I'm good I, with them. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have a fear of infe- in, infections. Injections. <laughs> I don't believe. I don't get. Some people get anxious. Some people get nervous. Uh, my uncle will faint. Oh god! If he sees a needle. Uh, I don't like. I don't like them. I, I don't necessarily faint, but I just don't like the thought of them. And if you struggle with diabetes or know someone who does, we have great news for all of you because now you can actually get insulin without necessarily having to depend on insulin shots. Yes, because researchers at the New York University in Abu Dhabi, UAE's capital, have developed a new oral delivery system for insulin that could replace the traditional 
injection, which is used by diabetes patients. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we do know, again, that most, uh, there's a certain type, I'm not sure, I think it's type 2 diabetes mm. or type 1. I, I think With what? What's wrong when with it? You have to take a certain shot. I think both you'd have to regulate your insulin, but it yes. depends on I think I think there's a one. certain one. I think yeah. at one point you can take pills. Oh, and then yes, another point, because so. my, my dad has diabetes my and he doesn't take, yeah. Then. He takes pills. Mm. So, uh, again, some people are afraid of injections. Some people can't inject themselves. They need a caretaker. Yes, and, especially uh, if they're young. Yeah, and not everyone can get a caretaker. So that's why having it being done orally, or better known as by the mouth, is much, much quicker and safer per se. Now, they did say the technology which does respond quickly to a rise in blood sugar could actually improve the lives of those living with this type of disease. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, well, it's just a pill of insulin, what is very techy about it. Well, they are actually creating layers of nano sheets with insulin loaded in between each layer. Yes. So, when they were actually testing out this new technology, patients' sugar levels were able to return to normal within only two hours of, swallow of swallowing the nanoparticles. These nanoparticles are going to basically be sitting in your stomach and they will start releasing the active ingredient into the intestine immediately. So, you're basically looking at swallowing mm. basically like a chip <laughs> it's a nanoparticle yeah. nanoparticle now omnia a lot of people uh, actually have a problem mm. with swallowing pills i do you i hate swallowing pills i love swallowing I pills i hate swallowing pills you know how many pills i swallow per day omnia every day how many around 12 all these are vitamins yes vitamin i got my omega-3 my multivitamin uh. my pre-workout it's all it's all done by pills. You know, if I and then I have liver liver support and then kidney support. I have all these vitamins sitting at my bedside table, just staring at me every single night. I hate swallowing pills. You know, I I can do like eight pills at uh, once. I can't. It's amazing. <laughs> I can't. I yeah. can't. But uh, again, some people have a problem with swallowing pills, and uh, some people have a problem with injections. So you do have the best of both worlds. If you don't like taking injections, you can do the pills. If you don't like doing the pills, you can do the injections. Yeah, and the best part about this technology is that it adjusts to your own insulin levels. So it will respond very quickly if there's an elevation in the blood sugar, but then it would immediately shut off if mm -hmm. you have enough insulin in your blood. So it's literally like a tiny pill just sitting in your stomach waiting to respond back to whatever it is yes. and any changes in your blood sugar levels. Now, we do know that in recent decades, there has been very high levels of obesity and diabetes cases in the Middle East and yes. North Africa. And this is all because of the different lifestyles that people mm -hmm. adopt and mm -hmm. also the poor diet that they tend to have. Yes. So if we're just going to be putting this into perspective, imagine, Hani, more than one in six people in the UAE has diabetes. And it is a factor in more than two thirds of deaths of people aged under the age of 60. So one yes. in six people has diabetes. Now, we do know that health is wealth. So you do need yes. to be healthy all the time. Uh, you need to uh, work out constantly or at least once a week. That is my uh, yeah. uh, my, my uh, advice now. Uh, and eat clean. Eat clean. Actually, Omnia, you know, a lot of people uh, reach a certain point when it does come to diabetes that they can, they can actually reverse it. Yes. If they start walking and they start eating clean and working out, my dad being one of them. 100%. My dad, uh, he got di he was diagnosed with diabetes at 42. Mm. He got his diet in check. He started, he started walking every day around Charger Corniche. 
no more diabetes. But it caught up to him again when he was 50. But it's fine. All good. Alhamdulillah. Let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215. Do it or on Instagram. At Pulse95Radio. If you know anyone who has diabetes. And would they like this type of technology if they don't like injections? We're going to be taking a short break. But when we come back, we're talking all about the UAE government. And we have something to tell you. Yes, it's all going to be based on your face. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, if you like floating through space... This is the time and place to be, because we always float through space. <laughs> See ya, David Guetta, floating through space. You're listening to Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Now, we use facial recognition every day, face ID. When we open our phones, now most phones nowadays do have face ID. They don't even have the touch ID anymore. Yes. But now, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have good and big news coming in the UAE, coming right out of the UAE uh, to be exact. The UAE government is going to employ biometric face recognition. And we do know that facial ID is a smart technology that the government does aim to employ in various sectors. Yes, indeed. And if you are living right here in the UAE, you must have downloaded the application UAE Pass. Now, UAE Pass is basically your pass to all services right here in the UAE. Whether it was renewing your driving license, renewing your uh, car registration, any service you could possibly think of, paying your fines, it's all available on this application. Back in the day, you used to have to memorize a username and password, which I am very guilty of forgetting every single password every single time yes. on the UAE Pass. Yes. The best moment of my life was when I opened the app and I found that it was biometric. Just scans the face and you're in. You know, Omnia, actually, I love that even RTA Dubai, they they have uh, this feature where it does facial ID does work, even for Salik. Because uh, oh, when I top yes. up Salik, same thing goes on. So mm. I do like that feature. And having it in a lot of government sectors, If let's say, for example, paying your utility bills, uh, paying your water and gas. There's a lot of things that some people don't actually remember their passwords from. And uh, thankfully, the UA government has came out with this new facial ID recognition that can be used on various apps. And UAE, app, UAE Pass being one of those apps. Yes, indeed. And it is basically your national digital identity. Yes. Just like you have your national ID with you on all hands, you must have the UAE Pass downloaded on your phone at all times. And now, this application can identify you by simply having your face being the only form of, of authentication that it would need. So as a user, you can use the application to sign documents digitally with a very high level of security. Mm -hmm. And it also allows you to eliminate any form of paper. We're trying to be a paperless government in every emirate right here in the UAE. And using UAE Pass will definitely make this become a reality. Having face ID, though, it has... A lot of advantages, but it also can have a little bit of drawbacks. Now, these drawbacks, honestly, in my opinion, are nothing when you compare it to how many times people have been able to hack into your account by simply having their ways to get to know your password. Yes, now we do know that the UAE government does lead the world's governments in adopting biometric facial recognition technology. And the UAE does aim to facilitate the lives of community members and offer them an easy, fast, and efficient customer experience by enabling them to access digital government services. And currently, the number of people registered on the UAE Pass app is over 1.3 million and does include 628,000 individuals with verified accounts. Now, I do believe the population right now in the UAE is 10 million? 11 million? I think million. so. I'm not sure about the numbers. I think last time I checked, I think it was 10 million. So we're talking about a 10% of the of the, of the the UA population is already on it. Yeah. And the thing with using the biometric face ID with such an application is that 
you can create an account in less than five minutes. You're in, you have your, you know, your face ID on it, and you don't even need to have a username or password. And even if yes. you do, it would just be basically like a backup. And having a verified account created in less than five minutes makes it more convenient for you to do all of your governmental services. Since now, you don't necessarily have to physically go to the place. And one of those uh, different things that yes. we have seen is uh, like, let's say, attesting your documents or even renewing any of your documents. Yes, and actually a couple of months ago, we did talk about even Sharjah implementing it. I do True. believe the Sharjah municipality was implementing something like this. Let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215, do a or on Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. If you're excited for an all biometric type of vlog, and I know I am We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking all about helping the, vi- the people who struggle with visual impairments see a lot better by using tech. Pulse 95. Future Talk. This is Future Talk with Omnia Al Saleh and Hani Balkis. Technology has always been offering different ways for people of determination to lead as normal of a life as they can. And right here in the UAE, we've been seeing people of determination excelling at what they do. But today we're talking about assistive tech that is giving sight to the visually impaired. Joining us is Maryam Arshi and Dream Al-Amiri, who are two members of a team of computer science and engineering students from the American University of Sharjah. They have recently designed an IoT-based smart cane for people with visual impairment as a part of their graduation design project. And they're joining us today to tell us all about it. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you for inviting us today. Uh, So our project is a four-member team project. Uh, Me, myself, Maryam, and Dream. And then we also have Sara Al-Mazmi and Mm -hmm. Fatma uh, Arab, who couldn't be with us today, today, but we work together. Uh, We were advised by Dr. Abdurrahman Ali and Dr. Salam Bau and Mm -hmm. engineer Ahmed Nabilsi. So our project is basically a cane mm. for the visually impaired uh, using the artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things to communicate the sensor values over the Internet uh, to the mobile application so that a guardian can uh, uh, can track or receive emergency notifications from the cane user. Mm-hmm. Now, I do believe that is amazing, but I want to ask you guys, what are the shortcomings of the generic white canes that many people who are usually visually impaired tend to rely on? Let's talk about the inaccuracy kind of when it does come to the white canes. Okay, so the white canes, as we know, are just physical canes. Mm. So they can only really, you can only nudge the surfaces with them. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know what the obstacles in front of you are. It could be a door, but you can't open it but you, because you can only feel that yes. there's something hard in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically why you can't also, uh, the guardian has no ability to track the mm-hmm. uh, individual. and. Uh, basically, it has no technological aspects mm. to it. How, uh, however, there are many advances uh, in in this in this field. Yeah. Uh, they introduced sensors to the traditional canes, but even sensors themselves can only detect from a far distance that there is an obstacle, but not what kind of obstacle. So, generally, there are many disadvantages mm. in using the cane mm. itself. Mm. Even in movies, we see that even when a um, visually impaired user uses the cane, yeah. people need to help him exactly. whenever something happens. And, yeah. and there's all, they're always portrayed like they you need someone to always be there, mm. a caregiver, a caretaker, and those people can't lead a normal lives on their own. But mm. by using technology and implementing that, you're changing this reality. 
Yes, indeed. Now, uh, what kind of innovated you guys to create such a concept? I mean, obviously, we do know when it, with inventions, there's always something that comes out of it. So how what did that happen? What inspired you guys? Uh, we wanted to do something that's going to make a difference for a specific group in the community that's not giving as much attention. And as part when we were thinking about which project to actually consider, mm -hmm. we went and visited the uh, uh, Emirates Association for the Visually Impaired. Mm -hmm. And they were telling us about how they've been they've been discussing d different smart cane mm. projects with different university students, but it was always a project on paper. They mm. were not actually seeing a product. They never saw a product, so they were kind of disappointed. Mm -hmm. mm. So that kind of gave us a push. bit of a push mm. to actually yeah. choose Create this pro it. project. Yeah, I love it. I love it as well, and I'm sure a lot of people tuning in right now will want to know more details about it. Coming up, we're going to be giving you all those details, but if you have any questions for Maria Marshi and Reem Al-Amiri, make sure you send them in at 4215 Dur Salat. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hani Balkis. Hani, did you know that statistics by the World Blind Union actually show that 285 million people around the world suffer from blindness or have severe sight problems? I didn't know that. I mean, 285 million people. I didn't, I didn't know. I actually would believe uh, the number would be much higher, to be honest. I didn't think it was... I mean, 285 million is a lot of people. Yeah. But I expect a little bit higher. I, ex I think it's a little bit higher when we take people who struggle with visual impairments mm. altogether, mm. not just being blind. But whenever we think about blind people, we think about your typical white yes. cane, the ones that you see in the movies. And guide that, dogs. Yes, that people tend to use so that they can navigate through their surroundings. Funny but, story, Omnia. Yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to be blind so I could have a guide dog. Oh, my God. Why am I not surprised? Why anything that would get you a dog at this point? But these white canes can definitely have a lot of shortcomings and they cannot necessarily be as accurate as we mm. would see whenever we talk about smart canes. This is exactly why today on the show we have with us two inventors, Maryam Arshi and Dream Al-Amiri, who are members of a team of computer science and engineering students at AUS that have recently created an IoT smart cane for people with visual impairments. Right before the show, they were telling us all about the shortcomings of mm. the white canes, and now we are talking all about tech yes. to bring back sight. Now, welcome to the show, both of you. It's an honor to have you guys on, and let's go on talk about how do these smart canes actually operate what is a smart cane okay so a smart cane is a cane that is basically the same as a normal cane but it has additional advantages that make things easier mm -hmm. so the point of any technology is to make things easier for our cane specifically we are employing uh, a machine learning algorithm mm -hmm. machine learning is part of artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and what that does is that it determines what kind of obstacle is ahead of a person. So if there's a door, it tells them that there's a door ahead. Mm -hmm. So they know how they act to open the door. Or if there's mm -hmm. an upward stairs that they can climb or a downward stairs. And uh, also to make it even smarter, mm -hmm. we developed a mobile application and that's for the security purposes. Mm -hmm. We wanted uh, the Guardian to have uh, an application to be able to track their visually impaired individual mm -hmm. and also to be able to uh, to be able to receive notifications yes. if something happened to them, mm -hmm. because we have sensors that would determine if the person 
fell or anything happened to them as well. Is there like speakers in the cane? Yes, we have a, spe- a Bluetooth speaker, so yes. you can use headphones or any other speakers that can be connected with Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to use. And speaking of the sensors, I think with people of determination, one aspect that a lot of inventors tend to keep in mind is maintaining that normalcy. You don't want them to stand out when they're walking mm-hmm. across yeah. a crowd. You don't want them to, you know, everyone to look at, oh, what is that that they're holding? So how did you try to take care of that aspect when designing the smart cane when it comes to, let's say, placing the sensors? Okay, so we have multiple sensors. One of them is the ultrasonic sensor. This sensor is used to uh, detect obstacles. There is also the accelerometer, which is used to detect falls. Mm. So basically, uh, when someone falls, it will immediately send a notification Mm. to the guardian that uh, this individual who you're tracking has fallen. So uh, a message will be sent. They can easily select the track Mm. uh, cane and they can get, you know, a Google map. Wow. So they can even take get uh, the directions immediately and go to the location. Uh, We also have a GPS module for this purpose. And uh, yes, yeah, so we also use the uh, speakers, Bluetooth speakers. Uh, other canes use uh, haptic feedback. Yes. Mm. So this will be It'll a problem. Vibrate or yeah, the, the problem with this is that for fall detection, the cane falls, right? Yeah. So uh, what we did is whenever the cane falls, it will tell you to pick up the cane because maybe the cane fell, but you didn't fall. There's no need to yes. call for the guardian. So we give you, uh, we give a one minute duration before mm-hmm. it sends a message. So by the time you pick it up, if you pick it up, then it doesn't send mm-hmm. a message. But the thing is, if it was a vibration based cane, yes. then uh, you can't know that it fell because you mm-hmm. have to still be holding it. Mm-hmm. A voice, a voice on the other hand tells you to pick up the cane can be as far mm-hmm. as possible and you still can hear it. So it's, uh, it's a much more convenient yeah, way. Mm-hmm. Also, when we visited the Emirates Association for the Visually Impaired, they told us that they prefer audio because it can frighten them if something vibrates all of yes. a sudden. Mm. So that's why we thought audio is the best option. Because mm-hmm. I would believe you're hitting walls, for example, already. You're, you're kind of used to having a, a, a vibration back. So True. if you're not, you're not hitting anything, all of a sudden you yeah. get vibrated it might be a little bit uh, frightening to mm-hmm. to a person. And I love how they took into consideration all circumstances that could happen. I was just going to ask, you know, mm. what if the cane falls, but the person is just mm-hmm. fine? Yeah. Why alarm the guardians or the parents for no reason? And that, again, brings us to yet another concept when it comes to responding to an emergency. You mentioned that there's an application connected with the cane. Can you yeah. tell us more about the app and how are you making sure that it's not being used for malicious purposes and okay. the privacy is uh, protected? Yes. Okay, so, you know, when you uh, purchase a software they give you a serial number with the software mm. Mm. so you can uh, type that serial number and then it tells you the product has been activated so we have the same concept every cane will have a unique idea id so you can go to the app and before using any of the services for example you want to track the cane it will tell you first you need to connect to the cane to connect to the cane you need to provide that serial number mm. Mm. and all of our data is uh, written on a cloud-based database that is Firebase. Uh, this database has already um, multiple security rules on multiple uh, levels of mm. complexity. So mm. it's pre-created by professionals. Mm. So it has its own encryption. Yeah, Firebase schemas. actually belongs to Google. So you can imagine how secure it yes. will be. Secu- I, I want to ask, how long have you guys been working on this? I mean, you guys did a smart cane and then an app. So I believe, what was the <laughs> hardest part? Was it the app or the smart cane? Uh, okay, so uh, we have taken courses related to these yes. uh, topics, but there are uh, there are many new things that we learned in the project. We started the first semester was mainly research, but mm. we worked even in the summer 
So we finished the machine learning algorithm and the graphical user interface in the, uh, of the app in the summer. And then we started working on the hardware and sensors. All from scratch. Yes, all from scratch. Except wow. the Firebase. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. there, but we used it. Yeah. I mean, that's a small portion of a huge project that we're talking about. Mariam and Dream, we are going to be coming back to ask you a little bit about what are your future plans for the smart cane, but also what is one piece of advice that they would give to every young innovator out there? If you have any questions for the two innovators, make sure you share them with us at 4215 Dur or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. This is Pulse95. Future Talk. This is Future Talk. With Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. While people around the world tend to refer those who struggle with certain disabilities as people of disability or people with disability, right here in the UAE, we don't see that. We don't see the disability as something that is hindering them mm. from performing their day-to-day activities because we call them people of determination. And this is exactly why many inventors around the world are creating assistive tech to give sight, especially for those who are visually impaired. Right here in the heart of Sharjah, we have with us the honor to host two inventors who are Maryam Arshi and Reem Al-Amiri who've been telling us all about the great smart cane that they have created. They are actually alumni from the American University of Sharjah and they are part of a big yes. team of members who have who studied computer mm. science and engineering and they have actually created the IoT-based smart cane. It's been such a great conversation with you two. Yes, I mean AUSers are always making us proud. They're always <laughs> doing a lot of big things. And we were, guys, we were talking actually about the smart cane and uh, I want to ask you guys, how does the smart cane actually recognize obstacles? Oh, okay, so basically we have two cameras employed on the smart cane. So what happens is the ultrasonic sensor first, first detects the obstacle. When the obstacle is detected, the camera takes a picture. Mm. Mm. After that, we apply the machine learning model on it. We have already uh, trained it with certain classes like doors, stairways, and holes. Mm. And then we apply the machine learning algorithm on the picture mm-hmm. after that it classifies it as either a door a stairways or and through the speaker it tells you that stairways ahead doors ahead or, or just avoid the obstacle it's mm-hmm. not yes. something you want to, uh, to, to open actually or open or yeah. deal with yeah and you said you're training the machine yes. learning so how many pictures let's say did you have to showcase yes. it so okay. that it would understand so machine learning has multiple stages the first stage is data set collection we have to collect a huge number of images mm. we collected around 2000 images mm. Mm. and we were planning to collect more but due to covid we weren't able to leave our yeah yeah <laughs> as much as possible but we collected a lot of pictures we extracted features features mm. could be anything colors shapes or anything because the computer itself doesn't understand what this picture is mm. so you need to extract features mm. from it it's not like us what, what about if it's dark <laughs> oh, like nighttime yeah uh, so the thing is the cane we uh, because we already bought a cane right a normal yeah. cane the cane already has a flashlight oh i nice. thought of everything <laughs> literally so so it's uh, yeah it works both ways That's amazing to hear. Now, we're excited for the future. You know, it's called Future Talk for a reason. And you two actually, alongside your team, you started working on this project, I think, back in January of 2020. It's been a long time coming. So what are your future plans for this invention? Are you thinking of reaching out to any stakeholders, maybe? Uh, well, we were funded by Sunduq al-Watan mm. and they talked to us, they reached out about uh, actually, you know, working for a patent for mm. a project. But it was a long process and it needed 
Mm. You know, it's it's costly as well, so we decided against it. Mm. But we are uh, we worked on a paper that we were planning to bu- to publish on IEEE, which is an, an worldwide known journal for engineering. Wow! Mm. So big plans are coming up for the Smart Cane. Any words of yes. advice? If you could go back in time and give young Maryam and young Grim a piece of advice that you wish you would have heard when you were first starting out uh, inventing and mm. brainstorming this Smart Cane, what would you say? Well, I don't know if, I'll, if we give advice to ourselves because honestly, we've been lucky with our team. We've yes. been working, we've been working, you know, keeping up with our mm. schedules. And uh, some people had difficulties with their senior projects because of COVID and uh, different group members being in different countries. We were all here, all mm. able to work together. So it was it was a good process for us. And I think uh, advice that we would give others is to be patient and mm. to not to not think about oh we have to do a lot of things but actually start working and it's mm. going to come together eventually one piece at a time yeah step by step is the key uh, slow and steady does win the race <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming on the show with us oh, thank you thank for, you for having us to everyone tuning into us right now thank you so much for lending us your ears it is Thursday and it is always a reason to celebrate mm. when it's Thursday and this is exactly why coming up on Pulse 95 is the dream team Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah will be giving you their well-known weekend recommendations on Afternoon Karak from 4 to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. But you can catch us again on Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. And we want to wish you a blessed day. Yes, we want to wish you guys a blessed day, a very nice weekend. Remember, the COVID-19 pandemic is still alive and well. Yes. Social distance. Keep safe. Wash your hands for over 20 seconds. <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we guys will see you same time, same place. Not tomorrow, though, on Sunday, <laughs> only here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.